gentlemen. All right. Wow. Yeah. Well, you're not a you're not a fan. I can't believe that. No, I can't believe that's a thing. <laughs> oh man, I thought that was uh absolutely uh okay. It was just okay. <laughs> It was provocative, right? She was doing saying some uh, provocative things in there, I felt like. Right? Uh, no? Nothing? Uh, it's so terrible. Yeah. Well, it's a video of the year. It's literally just her walking around naked. Sounds good. Yeah, it did have a very sexual vibe to it. Uh, you know, I was thinking... Uh, she's literally singing about her pussy. Just reach out and touch it. It just needs attention. Yeah, and here's what's like... funny. I don't know if you picked up on this. Uh, it, maybe it's because that was a slightly edited version of some sort, but what I did love was they edited out or bleeped out the word pussy, but then she said the N-word, and they didn't bleep out the N-word. Well, because you can do that if you're black, right? They only bleep, it's like, <laughs> it, they only bleep it if you're not gay. <laughs> right? Like, the N-word only gets bleeped if you're not black. I guess, yeah, so Sam Smith can use the F-word. <laughs> not the n-word though not the n-word that's it's tough right. for the puerto ricans because some of them oh, they fall in that line you know <laughs> i guess so man. it's funny you can't say certain words and then you build the stigma around it you know and like she, that song was clearly about her pussy but we're gonna bleep out the word pussy yeah that way nobody will know what she's talking about <laughs> It reminded me of, uh, this is old school, and it kind of plays into your theme for music this past month or so, which was the Q101 out of Chicago, the uh, top nine at nine that they used to do. Uh, 10 at 10. Or 10 at 10, <laughs> yeah. Whatever it was. Everybody's got their own time frame. <clears throat> um, to be fair, it was nine at nine, well, 10 at nine, Colorado. <laughs> That's right, dude. What Mountain time. Uh, and so... It reminded me a bit of the Nine Inch Nail song, I Want to Fuck You Like an Animal. Yeah. Do you remember that? And he, Oh, yeah. And it was a very explicit song, but it was, like, popular and on the radio, and they would just barely do the, the silencing of the word fuck, but it was still so obvious, you know? <laughs> There's nothing else. <laughs> nothing else you could replace that word with there. Right? Yeah, then, you're right. They didn't even try to put a word in. No, right? a bleep or even silencing. It didn't even matter. Like, it just, you know. But even if you replaced the word, it, it was just so obvious what I want to do to you like an animal. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, 30 years ago, man, they weren't being coy with the lyrics. They were kind of spelling it out for us pretty clearly. All right? But I, I guess it's true. I guess I just don't remember because those were just songs I didn't listen to. Well, I just didn't like them. Nine, I don't like them now, you know? Nine Inch Nails was really kind of at the forefront or maybe just the more popular uh, group at the time that was experimenting with, you know, industrial rock. And this was a big scene music-wise out of the, you know, Pacific Northwest. Uh, and it still, I think, is pretty popular out there, but it's not something that goes out to the East Coast too much or Midwest even. And... You know, there was there's a lot of weird s stuff involved with that music, and uh, I think that's why it kind of hit the scene and was so hip, because during the grunge era, like, anything kind of industrial or grungy or, you know, mechanical or weird, you know, it kind of was able to sneak into the pop culture uh, mainframe there. Yeah. And that's why Nine Inch... too much about it. I'm just saying, you know, my point being is the music was interesting or it was at the forefront or cutting edge or it was new and uh, there was some sort of, you know, <clears throat> artistic value behind what was being made. He may be saying, I want to fuck you like an animal, but the music behind it and everything involved is very artistic and creative and, you know, unique and interesting, right? Whatever the hell Doja Cat just sang and did in that song, I honestly didn't remember. Was there anything catchy about it? No. Was it interesting musically? Not at all. So because we're an audio program and I was just listening to the audio of that song, I <clears throat> am left to believe the only thing that makes that song interesting is the fact that the video, she's walking around with her nipples exposed through her see-through shirt. 
Oh, you can see the whole titty. It's oh, full. Oh, you can see the full titty. titty. Yeah, man. Oh, full titty. They don't even do like a slight blurage or like. Ah, uh, you can see the nip. I mean, you can see through the shirt. So that's that... a dark areola, you know. Well, <laughs> 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 that's that kind of sucks though. Like, if you're Doja Cat, like, eventually you're not going to be that hot, and everyone's going to forget about you. Right. Well, the problem is she's competing with Sam Smith, who's also walking around naked in his video. He's wearing his areolas. (laughs) (laughs) He's actually wearing the same shirt. (laughs) The same outfit. (laughs) So this is red, and he's got some devil uh, devil horns. And then that 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 man woman next to him. (laughs) Oh man, Sam Smith does strike me as a fellow with gigantic areolas. I can definitely see it. Yeah. Way so. bigger than Doja Cat. <laughs> so you're saying Sam Smith, he's walking around with some village feeders. Yeah, we're, we're doing reparations on who has the most African-like areolas. <laughs> Sam, <laughs> Sam Smith is going to come out a winner on that one. <laughs> oh, yes, sir. We got a little controversy up in here. <laughs> Oh, we're talking areolas. <laughs> oh man, well that's good stuff. And you know what? Hey, uh, <clears throat> hats off to Doja Cat if she wins some awards for showing those nipples. Uh, you know, I give it to her, right? I mean, she found a creative, sexualized way to uh, win the hearts over millions of Americans. Uh, Mike the plumber. You know how much money he's made off of showing his nipples? Zero dollars. <laughs> Well, maybe so, what about the crack? You know, if you got crack. it, make the money. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And again, culture hasn't changed. They were doing crap like this. When was the nip slip with Justin Timberlake and oh, Janet wow, the Jackson? Nip slip. How far we have come. <laughs> From the nip slip. Dude. Oh, my God. Remember how offended people pretended to be? <laughs> Remember that? So appalled. On a, on a Sunday. <laughs> National TV. The Lord's Day. How dare How ye? Could you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. The nip slip was like 2002, right? I don't know. I'm trying to find it. The Poor nip- Justin. I don't even think he was of age when that happened. That's right. That's, uh, that was when he started to hit puberty. Uh, that might even be the moment. He had a wet dream that following evening. Incredible. 2003 is that thing. Wow, I almost nailed the year of the nip slip. Uh, was that the Bears Super Bowl with the Colts? No. Was it? I'm trying to find it. I... Oh, okay. Play by play of Janet Jackson's. Two... So it was the, it was, uh, the 2004 <laughs> Super Bowl. But I think that's the 2003 season. Right, but who who played in that Super Bowl? I just remember being exceptionally intoxicated that year. I, I took it was a- Super Bowl XXXVIII. What is that? Thirty eight? I don't know. I'm I'm a certified moron. I can't read those <laughs> Roman numerals. Get out of here, man! I can't even read a an analog clock, my man. I gotta look at the digi. I'm a digi man. Uh, all right. Yeah, it was the Patriots and the Panthers. Patriots Panthers. Man, I don't remember. That must have been uh, Cam Newton or something in that episode. Wow. I, yeah, see, I don't Wow, remember. Tom Brady was the quarterback. Holy, he got MVP. Tom Jesus. Brady, I think he started his reign in like 2001 or 2002 around that, that time. Oh, frame. He's like a baby, dude, in these pictures. Well, that was before I think Giselle put her witchcraft spell over him. <laughs> Have you seen this man after she left him? He's turning into a skeleton. It's frightening. He's dying in front of our eyes. Whatever spell she put on him, he should not have gone back out of retirement. He ruined it. Dude, do you know who played that halftime show? I mean, I know everybody knows Justin Timberlake and Janet Jackson, but he also had uh, P. Diddy, Kid Rock, and Nelly. Wow! What a great <laughs> yeah. show! And then the nip slip happened? That's fantastic. <laughs> that is incredible entertainment. The most amazing thing is he was going by P. Diddy at that time. <laughs> That's right. Wait, what is he now? <laughs> Diddy? Is he just I don't Diddy? remember. No, because remember, he, that was like when he first went from Puff Daddy to P. Diddy. Yeah, that was pretty monumental. I remember that change. It was huge. 
Puff yeah. Daddy to P Diddy. That's kind of when he uh, became like rap mogul and started his own clothing line and I think started investing in sports and whatever. Is that it? He's, he's a, like a billionaire now. He's right? a wacky dude. Yeah, I think he's a very wealthy guy. And he he kind of exploited the death of Biggie Smalls, I think, to make like a bunch <laughs> of money. And I mean, whatever. It's how it works in the game. Uh, All right, dude. So we knew the. Uh, you had me on Cam Newton. I was thinking, because I was like, dude, I don't think he's that old. And then you'll never guess who was the quarterback. For the Panthers? You'll never guess. No way in a million years. Panthers, 2004. 2003 uh, season. 2003. Wow, you're right. I'll never get it. Uh, First name, Jake. Plumber. (laughs) Jake Delhomme? I don't even know how to say it. Jake Delhomme. Wow. What a crappy yeah. game. Did the Patriots just blow them out? They must have blown them out in that game. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, they killed them. Yeah, post, that, oh. Well, post nips. He, he got one of those rings on that day. Dude, <laughs> the, the Jake Del Home apparently was like, he's ranked second in franchise history. He has, like, incredible yard. That's not that great, though. The Panthers started in, like, 98. They've barely been a franchise, man. Oh, good call. So, like, I, I don't... Th- Panthers, and who's the other one? I can't remember the same team. Uh... Jacksonville, right? They don't have much of a storied franchise history going on there. Like the Bears, uh, it was oh, they're before the NFL. You should look up the Bears, like, uh, or like there's this chart of teams when they were purchased. The Bears were purchased for like a hundred dollars in 1908. <laughs> it's so insane. It's completely insane how much money they were purchased for. It was like a hundred dollars in like a ride in one of the it's new Fords. Oh, yeah. No. It's so crazy. It's just wild. And, like, there's other teams that were, like, bought for, like, $20 no. in a handshake. And, like, it's very silly. Uh, no, so- no, 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 no. The franchise fee was $100 <laughs> yeah. for the, uh, to pay the NFL, right? That's and right. in 1921, Stanley, oh, Staley Starch Company gave Hallis $5,000 uh, and permission to leave to move the team to Chicago. Yeah, $100 and then a $5,000 $5, deal. $5,000, yeah. That's incredible. And then the, I think the Baltimore Ravens or some team recently last year were just purchased for like $7 billion. <laughs> Could you imagine? And McCaskey, that lady, she's like 102. She's sitting on a team that was bought for five grand. Oh, dude, I, you're right. No, no, she paid... She paid a hundred dollars for the. Franchise. I'm telling you, the legend is the George Hallis yes. bought the Bears for a hundred dollars in yes. 1920. Yes, dude, a hundred bucks, man. I'm telling you. It's and then totally his daughter insane. Virginia was the one that inherited it. Yes, the McCaskies, man. It's so nuts, and she's still alive, and they're just sitting on a team that that was purchased for a hundred bucks. Oh, it's so crazy, wow. dude. A hundred years ago. It's absolutely wow. insane. It's totally bonkers. <laughs> yeah. Today they're estimated at six billion. I know. And they're moving. They're going to move to Arlington, Arlington Heights, Heights, and it's going to be a massive facility. It's going to be absolutely insane how much money is drawn into that place. It's crazy. It's totally crazy. And by the way, I was wow. reading uh, for all you Chicago folk out there. Uh, watching in horror as the Bears leave Soldier Field, something that was. Unimaginable years ago. Um, The Sox, their contract at Comiskey Park, or now I forgot what it is. Um, It's just always Comiskey to me. The funniest part is everybody in Chicago, they'll be like, Comiskey. And you'll be like, it's not Comiskey. It hasn't been Comiskey for 30 years. They're like, I'll never call it the cell. (laughs) You're like, yeah, it's not even the cell anymore. Three fucking names. It's like a Meritrade stadium. No, it's Comiskey. you know, it's U.S. It's a uh, U.S. cellular guaranteed, guaranteed. Yeah, whatever. Okay, and so, <laughs> well, anyways, the contract for the land is up in six years, and a lot of rumors floating around that uh, their Reinsdorf is not gonna rebuy, and they're gonna move the socks. They should. Well, why would you stay there? Why would you stay there, especially after just this weekend there was a shooting and three people were shot in the outfield. <laughs> no. Yes, and the game Shut kept up. playing. Yes, 
In the stands? Yes, three people were shot in left field, and they played the game, dude. They didn't even put the tarp on the infield, huh? No, no, nothing. (laughs) Nothing. No way. Yes, and then there was supposed to be some concert afterwards, like Sting or somebody was going to play, and they canceled the concert because of news of the shooting, and the crowd was booing (laughs) and got really angry. And it only caused four more shootings. <laughs> a series of more shootings as a result. You guys know who you're dealing with? These are armed Chicagoans. You better put on that goddamn show. Everybody there is like, I can't believe the Bears want to move. This is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with those those elitist scum? In the defense of the shooters, they paid for the babysitter. They got all dressed up. They came out, and then you didn't put on a show? I would have shot some people, too. I can't remember. The musical performer, I can't remember, it was like Weezer or Sting or something ridiculous. It was like, who's playing? And everyone was very upset that the show was canceled. <laughs> Three people got shot, man. So yeah, but did they die? It's Chicago. Come on. Know. You know, we have the, the the Chicago hospitals are literally ranked. They're like, there's like three hospitals <laughs> in Chicago that are in the top 10 for gun for gunshot wounds. Wow. Like you crazy. literally will survive. They can handle assault rifles. They, they, they can handle them. Oh, good call. If you want to get shot, you want to get shot in South Chicago. They'll know how to take care of you real quick. Oh, just a regular Saturday night. That's why a lot of them survived. We'll get like 60 shot, only four dead. I thought it was bad shooters. No, great doctors. Great. Hey, all right. <laughs> Trust in doctors, man. Oh, my God. Well, speaking of uh, baseball, actually, uh, you know, I love to go to ball games. The Cubs are coming to town next week on 9-11 of all days. We're going to go check out the game. I can't wait. Oh, Very excited for up. that. Yeah, that's right, man. We're going to talk some serious Building 7 on that day. I guarantee it. Um, but anyways, the baseball uh, is in the news. MLB rolling out some stuff that I am not a big fan of. Right off the bat. Baseball fans finding themselves in a game of hardball while just trying to get into the stadium, fidgeting with phones, or even worse, paper, but no more. Your face, now your only ticket into the ballpark. Yeah, it was much quicker. Almost seems too good to be true, doesn't it? (laughs) Major League Baseball rolling out head entry. Those laughs, the beginning of the end. Oh, yeah, you know it. uh, You know it. This is a good one. Uh, This is a freaky situation here. They're using facial scan technology to make it easier for you to enter the game. And don't worry, folks, they're not keeping the data. Come on. Which allows fans 18 and older to upload a photo and register on the MLB Ballpark app. All set. Once tickets are also uploaded, go-ahead technology at the gate will recognize those opted-in fans, letting them simply just walk in. Everyone should just be moving straight through this, right? Just keep walking. Just keep walking. Just as you would normally walk in life, you just keep walking. MLB partnering with the Philadelphia Phillies. So it's this walkway, and uh, there's this giant screen, like a flat screen, and it shows you, uh, the security camera shows your face walking in, and it takes the picture, and it does like a green check mark, and it marks you down, and your guest, if you have like two people on the ticket, says, you know, your name and the two check marks for the two tickets, and you walk right through. Right? And I want to, <laughs> I've been to several ball games. I go every year to four to six games. Uh, Flashing your phone or handing a ticket is the easiest thing in the planet. It's literally, you go through the metal detector and you hand the ticket or you show the phone, they scan it. It takes four seconds. There is no need for this facial technology. Here's the problem, Frank. If you hand that ticket, you know, you hand them the ticket, you go in, and then an hour later, you got to pee and the line is retardedly long. So you go pee behind a garbage can. Right. How is the computer going to identify who you are? Well, also, you know, my thing these days, I like to leave the phone at home to trick the government, make them thinking, uh, you know, that I'm doing nothing in life. And <laughs> now, right, you know, they're they're scanning my face. They know exactly where I am. Maybe I don't want them to know that I'm at the game. Oh, they already know. They're they're scanning us all the time by satellites or just planes hovering. Yeah, probably have unmanned. Yeah. Yes, they they have every street light in America has a sophisticated camera attached to it. Every single one.
uh, fuck, what's the name of the movie? I keep thinking Enemy of the at the gate. Enemy of the State with Will Smith and Gene yes, Hackman. Yes, dude, man. you have Dude, you have to go watch that. Well, first of all, the cast is incredible. It's got Jack Black and Seth Green, who's a pedophile. He runs a, an underground sex dungeon in his house. It's uh, like the fourth, fourth show in a row we've mentioned a movie with Jack Black in it. He might be the greatest actor of our generation. Well, Jack Black is a hustler. <laughs> you know, he probably figured I'm fat and highly unattractive on Hollywood standards, so I'm going to work my ass off and be hilarious and do every movie possible. Whatever they'll give me. Yes. Yeah, it worked out great. He became a star, dude. Come on. Yeah, Gene Hackman, dude. John Voight. Oh, a big, oh dude. Movie. Just right there, Gene Hackman, John Voight. Like, that's a fantastic I mi- film. I miss the 90s. You know? <laughs> yeah, when John Voight got movie roles, despite being a Republican, people didn't care. They're just like, no, well, he's a good actor. Let's get him out. Not to mention, he went from enemy of the state to fucking Anaconda. Dude, he was scarier than the goddamn snake. I know. Actually, Anaconda, you know, kind of in hindsight, a fun movie. When you really, <laughs> Ray, yeah. I'd give anything for Hollywood to come up with an anaconda <laughs> today. I think it had Ice Cube. Was Ice Cube an anaconda? Oh, yes, Ice Cube. Was, you had John Voight. You had uh, Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> yes, dude, what a rock and flick, man. You had the dude with the fucked up nose. Uh, Owen, Owen Wilson. Yes, that's Owen right. <laughs> All you have to say is fucked up nose. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I mean, that was a great, that was an oh, all-star wow. cast. Yes, yes. Oh, man, Anaconda. But yeah, dude, you gotta go watch Enemy of the State because it's so scary how they talk about, like, how the government's surveilling you and everything, and all I could think is, wow, if they put this in a movie then, that means it's our, this is that what they were doing 20 years before this. And this movie came out in 1998. Well, 98 also, I believe, had Independence Day, and I believe that was just telling the public, like, we're going to fake an alien invasion. I hope you guys are ready. <laughs> and it's going to look real. We're going to explode. We're going to explode some buildings with this one, folks. Empire. Independence Day was 96. 96, man. I always yeah. pegged it as a 98, but I'll give it a 96. Excellent. Good stuff. Damn. Yeah. But yeah, you got to go watch it and think that. Uh... It's a, oh man, dude, some great movies came out in 98. Enemy of the State, though, that does kind of, uh, you know, at the time it seemed sci-fi-like, right? Like, no way this is what the government can do. But maybe, probably it was what the government was able to do, even in the 90s. So imagine at this point, they're just watching us at all times, recording everything we do everywhere. Everywhere. Dude, you want to hear some 98 movies? Come on, you got to hear this list. Mike, uh, I know you love to list off the movies of the '90s, so let's uh, let's do. 1998. This we got Armageddon. You wow. have The Negotiator. Oh, highly underrated. Absolutely. So Sam underrated. Jackson, Kevin Spacey. Oh yeah. Kevin Spacey. You are not in control. Wow. Yeah, come on. Oh, man, that's powerful stuff, man. Uh, dirty work. Come on, Adam Carolla. Or uh. It's Norm MacDonald and... Norm MacDonald. Here's my favorite tidbit about Dirty Work. It clocks in at 88 minutes. <laughs> it, doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't even hit the 90-minute standard. They, like, <laughs> they like couldn't even like get enough material. I'm sure Artie Lang was just too fucked up. You know? And even at 88, it feels like you stretched out this book. Yeah, that's book. Right. You didn't read. <laughs> I feel like this was a, an SNL skit you weren't allowed to do, so... <laughs> I see what you did here. <laughs> All right, dude. So we got Armageddon, right? Yeah. You got the negotiator. Yeah, that's right. And the dirty work. Uh, you, you got dirty work. You got American History X. That's intense. That's an intense one. Yeah. Uh, you right. got something about Mary. I mean, that's one of the greatest comedians. The Fairly Brothers still on fire at that time. Maybe their uh, biggest movie, right? I, I think that was the big mainstream one. Out, you know, Dumb and Dumber, which is back in '94, right? So, like, yeah, hell yeah. But There's something about Mary. For comedies, you also had Half Baked. Came out in '98. Oh my god, one of my favorites. Great movie. Uh, you also had Night at the Roxbury. Great movie, dude. I mean, SNL was on point. The Water Boy. Wow, man. I saw a lot of these movies in the theater. This was back in my theater-going days. Like, you know, it was a hot summer day, and you got to cool off in the AC, and you go see a flick. 
Yeah, this is when I was like 10, 11. Yeah, dude, for sure. Uh, Saving Private Ryan. That's it. So that won all the awards. That's the big all winner the of the year. Yeah, that's right, man. Well, actually, it was actually uh, Johnny Depp won some awards that with Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. And that's like uh, an absolute gem. I really love that. Yeah. And yeah. Rounders came out in 98. Wow. See, like, Dude, uh, I mean, so many good name four good movies that came out 2023. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, nothing. No, there's total crap. I, again, Emma's still doing her uh, Netflix perusing. She is on to weird, not Korean now. I don't even know what Asian culture she's watching at this point. It's like Indonesian, um, you know, soap operas. I think she's like gotten to the point where there's just no content anymore and uh she's cruising through the uh third world countries and whatever they're producing it looks it's interesting i'm not gonna say it's not interesting but you know it's just not stuff that i would normally be uh totally tied down to you know i'm more of a classics guy with my entertainment man but uh dude the writer strike still going on everybody forgot but nobody cares because the content they're not not producing anything dude this was all in one year you also had fucking uh u.s marshals and uh, a man in the Iron Mask. You know what I just realized? You know what it is? You had a dozen men who could take on a leading role, and they built movies around them. So you had 12 great movies that year, you know? Yeah, yes, and you could do movies based around men also. That was like a nice time, right? Uh, nowadays, <laughs> you're not allowed to base it around men. Or if you do, right, uh, there's a sidekick who's like, 20 years younger and female, and they're smarter and stronger than the man. Yeah, they always have to be, right? That's the way it goes, dude. That's why entertainment sucks, and there's no good movies. When it's woke, it's broke, dude. That's, you know, and it's not just broke as in financially broke. It's broke as in broken. And and everything has been broken lately because of the wokeness, dude, and the inclusivity and all the crap. We, We, you know... You're not able to get the job or be the writer or any of that because of your merits and, you know, your qualifications and the things you've produced in the past. No, we need you to check these boxes. And then, congratulations, you're vice president. See how that works, Kamala Harris? See? (laughs) See how easy it is? It's too bad because it really, you're going to miss out on the, uh, dare I say it, Bob Barker's of the world. Oh, man. That's right. I can't believe we lost Bob. And I had a clip. Uh, it's the Happy Gilmore. It's not a really uh, audio clip, but it, you know, you uh, remember, uh, and we're not going to play it, but you, the Happy Gilmore scene with Bob Barker, um, <laughs> you know, and the price is wrong, the price bitch. is wrong, Bobby. Yeah, it's so good. It's so good. When that came out, man. That, like, uh, for us as kids, everybody knew Bob Barker, and just, I, I, I think, uh, you know, what, a, what a great scene. And Oh, if you were born in the 80s, Bob Barker meant winter vacation, summer break, and sick days. And you if, know? if you were born in the 70s and were female, Bob Barker probably uh, tried to get, get it on with you backstage <laughs> at The Price is Right. It was a good chance. Uh, we don't like to speak ill of the dead. <laughs> I'm gonna put you he on was, the shelf with uh I think Bob Barker's up there with Hugh Hefner where he was well known more so for being like kind of the the old fella surrounded by the hot babe chicks on the stage and he definitely got it on with them backstage and you know back at his residence for and you know sure like he was fucking you had to fuck him yes, to get on that show. But I feel like that was like a universally accepted thing for everybody watching the show, in the show, people on the show, like everybody. That's why was I like, know yeah. Drew Carey's gay, because now he's got hot men on there. He's got show. a bunch of dudes. Oh, I'm sorry, he's bi. I'm bi he's probably bi. He's probably just fucking everybody. <laughs> Mike's even bigger. Yeah, whoa. <laughs> I want something a little blacker and a little bigger. You know what I'm That's saying? right. Bob Barker always had that thin, long, tiny mic. He didn't yeah. need to overcompensate. We knew he was getting, he's, you know. Well, everything else was just too jiggy with it. Like, you know, he was all oh, man. He's, oh, I think it looks like a penis next to my face. Oh, dude, he lived in 99. <clears throat> I'm not even going to talk about the vaccine with this one, dude. That's a good long life, man. That guy just, he you know, he trucked it. You know, I think 99, 
almost too That's long. What young dude. pussy will do for you, you know what I'm saying? Fuck that's that right. adrenochrome. Give yeah. me that young pussy. <laughs> dude, that's what it is. Don't inject yourself with the adrenochrome, man. Just bang hot chicks that are younger but than you. I'm not you. talking about like children. I'm talking 20-year-old models. He probably got them like right as they were too old to model, you know, like 28, 29. A lot of them were like Vanna White, dude. They like stuck around for like decades, man. I think they were like girlfriends of his i feel like he had kind of like a swanky thing happening there where you know just kind of sharing around yeah, i think it was one of those you fucked him and then you couldn't get rid of him you know and it was like the smart ones do what they had and just wrote it out we could you know you could look at it in a creepy sense i'm gonna because he just died <laughs> i'm gonna give it a little more of a lighter touch to it and think you know everybody was down because look dude 70s <laughs> 80s a lot of swinging going on california la lifestyle i have to think maybe that's kind of what was happening there. And if you weren't down, you didn't get the job, right? Hey, there's plenty of other modeling gigs around town here, babe. Right? You got to be willing to swing Girls that will suck off Harvey Weinstein. (laughs) I I don't get why that's a bad thing, you know? I'm the gatekeeper. You got the key, baby. Let me know if you're going to use it. You can either get down with Bob over here and have a lifetime gig cutting a nice check on the prices, right? Or... You can go suck off Harvey Weinstein and get a job uh, being a side extra on one of his flicks. Get into Marvel movie. Maybe we'll remember you. <laughs> Don't say anything bad about the Jews on Twitter. <laughs> or that dick sucking was for nothing. <laughs> it's gross. Hollywood is so gross. It's a. It's. Yeah, it's a cesspool. And, and then those are the people just constantly preaching morals for us to follow. Isn't that something, man? Yeah, yeah we're supposed yeah. to look at these people like saviors of morality and, and truthers of light, but truly they are the grossest of the gross and probably the 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 alt- most ultimate bottom feeders there are in our society. And truly oh, folks who just whore themselves out, most likely in order to get you know the riches and spoils. Yeah. Ah, who am I to talk? I whore myself out for a couple bucks an hour and change pipes. And <laughs> no, it's, there's a difference. There's a huge <laughs> difference. I promise you. <laughs> oh, man. Well, at least you're doing a good deed in a city that's uh, falling on tough times. No different than cities like L.A., uh, where all these actors are you know, hanging out in and on strike, and or New York City. Fallen on huge hard times, as we know, Mayor Adams, he uh, is just struggling with his migrant <laughs> situation. Oh, you, you know the news. We have no more room in the city. Yeah, that's right. He's got he's no vacancy, folks. Come on, there's nowhere to put no him. Room. No room. Whole city. We got no room here in New York. 10 well, million people. Can't handle one more. New York also has outrageous, out-of-control crime they're ransacking all the stores just like they're doing the mob stuff over in la and chicago's been seeing it so now they have a new tactic that no one's ever thought of uh and they're going to start employing it and they they think this is going to crack down on the crime from smashing grabs to mobs of thieves retail theft is rampant just decided that I was not going to stand for it anymore. Bob Adapaglia went after a thief at his New York City liquor store, followed her outside when he says her partner pulled a knife. I got into, I guess, a fit of rage when I was confronted with this woman who just didn't really care. The problem nationwide? Repeat offenders. Here in New York City, officials say of the tens of thousands of retail thefts a year, 30% are committed by just 327 criminals. <laughs> what? Yeah. What? Yeah, man. That's kind of... That's crazy. Excuse me. Wait till you know. They got better info, dude. This is incredible. You, you can put two cops on each one of those guys. I know. 24 hour surveillance. Just watch those 320 people. Can we get a Batman? We need Batman <laughs> in each city. All the major cities just get one Batman. I, I know we can do it. I'll even take a George Clooney band. He can be gay. <laughs> that group of criminals gay as you want. arrested and rearrested 6,000 times that they're focused on. They've been rearrested 6,000 times. 6,000 times. This is crazy. I'm going to guess they're not white. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> like, you're kind of onto something here. Because if they were white, they would have been locked up the first time, well, throw away the key. Here's what's great about this story, see? Now, they have a new idea, right? Because they're saying, well, we got these repeat offenders. We've arrested them 6,000 times. So now we have this idea that we're going to toy with. We're not sure if it's going to work. And it's a small population of people creating a large uh, chaotic scene. In Queens, with its 2 million-plus population, the DAN cops trying a new strategy, banning that small population of people from even entering the shops. So what is the goal here? To put it out there just so that they know, you know, we're not going to tolerate this behavior anymore. Put a bottle in his pants. If a store owner has a customer who's stolen from them or harassed customers, they can ask police to ban that person from ever setting foot in their store again. And if they do... They can be hit with more serious charges and jail time. If you want to continue this behavior, then the charges should match. Hi, how you doing? Police say many locally owned stores have signed up for the program, along with the big chains like CVS and Rite Aid, equally hit hard. 83 people now banned from stores, seven arrested for trying to return. Hey, a quarter of the way happy there. So, and I'm just going to leave it there because this, do you know what this is? Do you? It's racial profiling. <laughs> They're literally going to start racial profiling. That's what this is, though. They're basically saying, well, I have this uh, shaky video of this black dude in this gray hoodie stealing this bottle. Now I'm banning him. So now any black dude with the gray hoodie that enters the store, well, you're banned, and then we're just going to arrest uh, him. No, they know who it is. They know who <laughs> I'm, it is. I'm telling Frank, what year are you living in, man? When's the last time you saw a black and white grainy video? Every fucking video is high def now. Yeah, well, I'm just saying that is. this is perfect opportunity. I'm saying this is the groundwork, and they can't outright say we're going to start racial profiling, but now they're basically saying we're profiling. Yeah, it's, well, you mean to tell me you have a small group of criminals, and your idea is to create consequences for their actions? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, in that case. And Brownie, you're doing a heck of a job. <laughs> Dude, I'm a huge fan of this. I love that they're finally doing it, but what's funny to me is they're they're phrasing it as like, oh, we're banning them. We're putting them on a ban list. So so what's going to happen is this guy's going to steal from us. I'm going to put him on a list and capture his foot... Uh, face. I'm going to send it to the cops. Now the cops are going to watch this dude walk around the neighborhoods, and they're going to profile this guy. Well, I just can't wait for uh, two weeks from now when uh, Mayor Adams comes out. He's like, we got this new program. What we're gonna do? <laughs> we're watching you. What what we're gonna do is we're gonna grab people, prevent them from further movement while we search them. The, I'm Are you just saying. About stop and frisk. Yes. No. This is. What, but do you see? I'm. I think I'm right on the money. This is laying the oh. groundwork for like. Okay, we now have a database, and all these stores, our locations, are sending us put pictures of these guys, and now we can watch these guys and follow them, stop them on the street, frisk them. You're right, dude. And that's what racial profiling was. You were really you were stopping and frisking and checking people that were suspicious, and that's what cops yeah. were doing. <clears throat> they had to stop it because it was racist, right? Well, now look, we're now entering that territory again. Where we're, we're, we, Yeah, we talked about it before, where this is the only option you have. You yes. guys were so lenient. Totally. Now you're, you're going to have to sacrifice pretty much a whole generation. Exactly. Because you're gonna have to go so hard on this group of people. Exactly, dude. That's you know that's what I mean? my because point. Because these kids grew up now thinking there's no consequences. It, that's it right there. And I so, we've been talking about it, and now it's here. We, I'm just I love yeah. this clip. I found it super interesting because they can't uh, say the words outright, but they're basically gonna do profiling and stopping and frisking. That's what this is. The we all they have to, and they don't care. Yes. It's not because me and you are moving out of the cities. Once the businesses move out, when the real, right. they said New York lost a billion dollars in tax revenues from the businesses, from the corporations that left. There or I'm go. sorry, I forgot what they said. It's Chicago, New York, LA was a trillion. Something like that. It's absolutely insane. And yeah. so I'm just, you know, we've been talking about it for a long time. At some point, the pendulum will have to swing to where we're going to go back to those policies in the 90s that made Giuliani so popular and Daly in Chicago so popular where they cracked down on crime. And that crackdown included a lot of, you know, profiling, following, stopping and frisking. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it was a lot of police work. But, dude, th they cleaned up the streets. Chicago was a wonderful place in the late 90s and early 2000s.
2000s, the biggest problem, actually, even in like the 20 teens, the number one complaint about Chicago was from the, the, the BIPOC community. They were complaining about gentrification. Gentrification, yes. That was the biggest issue of the day. Man, we've gone completely the opposite way. Oh, I bet they're begging yeah. for some Starbucks at this point, man. Oh, you they know give what anything saying? for a white person to can move we, in on that block. Can we get a Lululemon, a Starbucks, and the white chicks <laughs> with the pants walking around, please? Another yoga studio? Oh, we would love a Froyo shop. Please, man. One Froyo. God, give me some Froyo. I'd give anything for Froyo and an Aldi's, you know what I'm saying? But that's literally with the gentrification. You get the Starbucks, you get the yoga place, you get the Lululemon, you get the Froyo, and now all of a sudden, you know, you got the white people there. Oh, oh, oh gentrification, man. The white people are taking over. Oh, okay, well. They were priced out. That was the problem. <laughs> that's right. That the white people raised the value of their homes, and then they sold them. Oh, man. No, you know, you can't, you can't have it both ways, right? No. It's one or the other, man. It's craziness. Well... Uh, the cities are in a tough spot, and there's no doubt about it. And uh, there, there's potential here. They're trying to push it. We played a clip of Alex Jones discussing coming masking and lockdowns. And, oh boy, if we did another lockdown, man, that would have to be, you know, the death kill shot, right? The, the final blow, if you will, to the city life. Yeah, absolutely. Who, who would want to be to live like that? No, who would want to be an urbanite during another series of lockdowns? Well, uh, I have been arguing nobody's a fan of lockdowns and everyone's anti-COVID restrictions on any level, with the exception of a small sub thirty percent of our population. Well, Mike, he's back. We got to do it. This is beautiful. I thought he was retired. I assumed he was <laughs> off with Michael Jackson on Epstein Island. Living it up. Ironically, started his career the same year as Bob Barker. (laughs) (laughs) Folks, he is back. Tony Fauci, he's doing interviews, and he's talking his favorite thing in the world, COVID, masks, and oh yeah. I never left. I wouldn't say I'm God, but I am everywhere, Frank. Oh, man, and we're talking his favorite of all things because it's the only time he could be the only person to attend a baseball game and throw out the first pitch. That's right. Tony <laughs> Fauci, he's back. He's talking lockdowns. It wasn't even the first pitch. I'll never forget the way you ate that fucking hot dog, you oh, smug little man, prick. Oh, man, with that mask you around fucking your... smug oh, little goddamn man. fucking prick. Oh, I'm glad he's yeah. back. It's, he's why I started this show. There's no doubt about it. I cannot stand... If it stand. makes you feel any better than was, it <laughs> was the hot dog that ultimately made me question my sexuality. <laughs> no, that's totally untrue. It's widely well-known. Tony Fauci frequented gay bathhouses in the 80s. He was a huge, huge fan of the gentleman. Uh, you know about that? <laughs> <laughs> we all do, Tony. We all I do. was told they didn't have high def cameras back then. Uh... <laughs> Haven't you ever seen Enemy of the State? Come on, bro, Gene Hackman. <laughs> you know they were following you. All right, so Tony's back. I, I swear that was a different Tony. <laughs> I'm a five seven hero. <laughs> is he five? He is five seven. All right, so well, he is five seven. I told you the greatest murderer. Mike, uh, all the greats are five seven. Well, before we lock down again, three Tony is back to justify why we did so in the first place. You know, lockdowns have to have an end game. You have to have a reason to lock down, for example... Typically, the reason is mass genocide and killing 5 billion people (laughs) on the planet. New York City, when Elmhurst Hospital was overrun and they were having cooler trucks outside because they had no places to put the bodies, you had to have something to immediately shut down the tsunami of infection. That lockdown. We're not. There's no way we get through this. This man uh, has to to ju- to not to sleep at yeah. night. To sleep at night. Tony Fauci needs to justify it on some level that he was truly a hero when he's actually a maniac. He, he, he is no, evil. The worst, the worst part evil. is that this is an audio show, so you can't see the smile on his face. He's literally can't keep the smirk from his face. He's reminiscing about the golden days, right? When there were bodies that we didn't <laughs> even have a cooler for. We had to bring a cooler on wheels. I mean, I feel for the guy, this virus, it was his little creation, like a baby. He started, he, he birthed it in a lab, <laughs> and then this lab, it, it broke out this 
beautiful baby that he created, right? And it affected the world. It was beautiful. Give the rescue a caterpillar. (laughs) (laughs) It's so beautiful when it turns into a butterfly. It's amazing. That was my virus. That was COVID. Sure, I had the Lyme disease, but it never went international. COVID. That's the sun that takes over the world, you know? <laughs> COVID was what he wanted AIDS to be. It just never, AIDS just never got that traction for the lockdown, you know? COVID was like the redheaded kid. I forgot his name. Uh, Lyme disease was like his little faggy brother that married the black chick, moved to America, called the fat royal family racist. You know, the spare. The spare. But COVID was my heir. <laughs> COVID's the Prince William. Oh, that's cool. Ah, I knew Lyme disease would carry on the legacy of Fauci <laughs> if it had to. But COVID really put me in the history books. It's the son I truly love. <laughs> so ridiculous. This guy's insane, man. It's absolutely it's so justified. The real critical question is, what do you do during the lockdown? And when do you stop <laughs> locking down? So lockdown has a purpose. <laughs> One of the purposes, if you don't have a vaccine, it's to get more ventilators, get the hospitals better prepared, you know, <laughs> get more people involved in the health More people sector. involved. And then if you look at this chart of Pfizer's profitability... <laughs> Once it, re- once it reaches that peak of 700%, that's when you end the lockdown. Mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. Next Until question. you decompress the pressure on the hospitals, then you could open up. If you have a vaccine available, you might want to lock down temporarily so you can get everybody vaccinated. <laughs> that was, I think, one of the problems in China. They locked down for a long time, but they didn't effectively vaccinate all of their older people. So when they opened ah. up again, all of the elderly, not all, but many of the elderly people got infected. What's the good of locking all the sheep in the barn <laughs> if you don't shear all the sheep? I mean, come on. You lock them in the barn, you shear them all, and then you let them back out. You know? China, I got to draw this out for you. So lockdowns with a purpose work. It saves lives. You get into a problem if you prolong the lockdown and you don't do what you need to do to reopen. You know, I've always said right from the beginning, even people who are, uh, I think, of ill intent (laughs) have said the opposite (laughs) of me, is that I've said from the beginning, once you lock down, you have to start planning about how you're going to reopen. Ah, oh, that's what you said, see, right? <laughs> that was, his whole goal was to reopen, see? Reopen. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> come back, you know, whenever. You say, uh, you know what? I misread you being the only asshole in a stadium that holds 50,000 people sitting there alone in the stands eating a hot dog. I misinterpreted that as you not wanting to reopen. I'll never forget the smile on this guy's face in that stadium. Him and his and Burks or whoever it was, him and two people. They were just laughing and smiling, watching baseball. I was so enraged. I I couldn't control myself with what I was seeing unfold in our country and the world. And this asshole was sitting there enjoying the hot dog and the nachos, throwing out the first pitch, living out the dream of every kid in America while he shattered the worlds of all children in this country. It destroyed it. <laughs> Literally prolonged uh, kids from learning how to communicate. This total piece yeah, of trash smiled like a child at a child's game, getting to throw out the first pitch, living out the dream of all children, while his decisions and his ruling as the CDC director just destroyed the dreams and lives of children nationwide for years to come. This man is pure evil. He is yeah. the devil incarnate, folks. This, I, I can't, I've said it from day one. 
It's disgusting to me that anyone trusted this man. We had Brad Pitt play this piece of shit on fucking SNL. Brad Pitt. You know what the worst part was, man? We lived through this time where, like, everybody making decisions was 80 years old. And I'm not saying 80-year-olds are wrong, but 80-year-olds do not understand what a year is to a child. A year to an 80-year-old is a blink of an eye, right? But you take a kid away for two years, that is... Remember, like, you would get grounded as a kid for three weeks. It's three devastating. weeks was an e- eternity. <laughs> that was eternity. You just took my life away. It's not only that, we are still reeling with the effects of suicides and depression and all the setbacks that were accrued through the years that these kids were locked out of schools and forced to do their education in those tubes and those incubation chambers. Oh, I know. Like, we messed with the kids psychologically for the rest of their lives, and Fauci has the gall to go on this podcast and be like, oh, hardy har and ho-hum. Lockdowns are actually a really good thing. They have a lot of positive uh, aspects to them, like... We gotta save grandma, right? <laughs> it's so insane. Screw the kids and their developmental abilities and what happens to them uh, and how, you know. Of course, we now have uh, two generations of people who have no idea how to communicate. There's no problem there. And your inability to admit where you went wrong. The mask didn't work. The lockdowns didn't work. You guys, uh, you know, you guys were putting people on ventilators that ended up killing people. There's, there's a reason New York lost more people than anybody. Because of your treatments. And this dude can chuckle his way through this interview. And I want to remind everyone, this piece of crap retired the highest paid bureaucrat in Washington, D.C. It's insane. He made a fortune off of all the bull that we went through. Uh, Not just 2020 through 2022. Uh, Everybody forgets that we were locked down twice, right? 2020 and then 2021 again. and then, and then, even you, uh, uh, Mr. Fauci, you're you're so quick to mention that we had the freezer trucks to hold the body. That's right. Donald Trump sent the Navy ship that could hold ten thousand patients, and you put zero people on that boat yeah, because nobody was dying because there was never bodies in the streets because COVID was fake. Street, COVID never happened. I don't even think there was a COVID vi- uh, virus that went around. I really don't because miraculously the flu disappeared for one year. <laughs> That everybody had COVID. No flu, just COVID. Uh, now the flu's that's back. Where, that's where we differ. I think it did get released, and I think they thought it was going to be... You know, it's almost like you created this monster, and you thought it was going to be way worse than it was. Yes. You know? Yeah, I, I definitely uh, think that they released some sort of virus. I think there was a genetic-based kill zone for it, and I also think maybe we don't really even know the long-term effects of just getting the virus. But what they did there do... A, there's like a weird thing when you start looking at like the effects on different blood types. Oh, yeah. This was targeted. This was genetically targeted. It's weird, There's no man. doubt about it, man. And like, I was really happy because I'm O negative. I'm one of the rarest bloods. And, uh, yeah, we were all the O's. It seems like O blood was fine. And I was the, one of the prime targets. I got it first in January of 2020. Are you AB? I believe I am. Oh wow! Yeah, they were go- the the virus was going after the ABs, man. I got it early January 2020, late 2019 in December. Everyone makes fun of me. Uh, Emma's dad calls me Patient Zero. Um, <laughs> but I had For those a- that don't know Frank is a, a hypochondriac. I am a known hypochondriac. <laughs> but this this cold that hit me. First time, first it was. <laughs> We're still looking for the megalodon that uh, bit Frank. That bit in, my uh, toe. That thing Florida. is out there, man. It's massive. Watch out! It's eating children as we speak. I'm telling you right now. It's a giant squid. Yeah, he, he got bitched by a crab, but uh, you would have thought a megalodon came out of the water. I so almost that. died. It's one of those great white sharks off the east coast in New Jersey. It almost got me. What was it doing in the golf? <laughs> Three feet of water. I almost died like Steve Irwin, the stingray. It was crazy. Don't trust the ocean, folks. It's not to get you. Dude, I don't trust the ocean. I saw a news article yesterday. Some lady was impaled while like scuba diving by some fish. <clears throat> impaled through the chest, man. Dude, there's a fish that like shoots a, 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 like a barb at you. Dude, the ocean is so frightening. Uh, the fact that people trust it so much and just go out there willy-nilly, like, thinking, like, it's this wonderful... Like, there, the ocean yeah. is designed to kill us. I'm almost 100% positive <laughs> on that one. 
Like that thing has creatures that are just beyond our understanding in size and like ferocity. Oh, good call. You literally cannot do anything in the ocean without something we invented to do it. Yes. Because it's tried to kill you. You can't breathe in there without the oxygen tanks that we invented. You can't surf the waves without a surfboard. Think yeah, like, we're just not made to be there. No, we're not made to be out there. No, dude, giant squids are out there, and like whales that are the size of like the Empire State Building. Like, get the fuck and out of here. Older than our man. country. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's right. We've established that. <laughs> there are whale. They like find whales with a harpoon that's two hundred years old stuck in it. Like, what? <laughs> no, we don't understand these things. <laughs> Dude, the ocean. What do we is do? Crazy. What do we do? We catch it with a net and throw it in a fucking big fish tank. In a... <laughs> That's right. Trade it out and jump out of the water. We're like, yes. I can't believe it killed the trader. Oh right, and then we film a series of Disney uh, flicks where it uh, <laughs> it it frees itself by leaping over a kid. <laughs> I still can't wrap my head around Free Willy. How was that a movie franchise? It's totally insane. The kid befriends the killer whale. It makes total. <laughs> It's totally not. It's, like, it's not even that it was a good movie. I get that. Not a good movie, but a successful movie. Uh, it's that it became a franchise. I know. Yeah, that's the worst part. All right, uh, should we finish this Fauci? I still have like forty seconds. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. Crazy, we got on whales. You never even tortured them. Yeah. It's not like they were beagles or anything, right? Land mammals are easier, a little cheaper. <laughs> little cheaper now how do i plan to reopen reopen the schools reopen the places of business and the way you do that is to have a plan about how you're going to protect for example mm. in schools we need better ventilation absolutely one of the things we haven't paid attention to is ventilation We've got to be able to get work schedules to be able to get people to stay at work. I, but work. Much, I don't know if you know this, 80% of the uh, Chicago public schools still have lead pipes and no central air conditioning, okay? So let's get the lead pipes and the central air conditioning fixed, and then we'll, you know, and then we'll work on uh, improving the efficiency of our air ventilation. Jesus fucking Christ. This guy's an idiot. In the same uh, interview. I walk, I walk into schools every day that have signs that literally say, do not touch the chips. It's the paint chips on the wall. It's right. literally lead yeah. paint chips. Don't eat the chips. A joke from a 1980s comedy movie. With Chris Farley. <laughs> uh, Fauci's so funny in this interview, it was floating around uh, the X-verse, but he also mentions how like climate change is affecting people's health, and he's you know talking about the Maui fires oh, and... It's crazy they're bringing them back around. It's pretty obvious, right? We got the news segments about the kids being sent home from school. There's uh, some segments that we did about variants that are spreading, more variants than you can count. And now all of a sudden, who's showing up back in interviews? Oh, Tony Fauci. So we're, it, it's, uh, it's so obvious where we're headed at this point. They're going to bring back COVID, man. It's the only way they can... Uh, no, it's coming back. Because yeah. they tried to lock you right with the climate, the heat. They tried to keep kids at school. Yes. Or out of school and parents weren't having. Nobody's buying the climate change lockdowns. Dude, Nona blew my mind. And it helped me. I mean, I've, been, I've been noticing. You know why they're able to push the climate change? No. Because everybody has air conditioning. Nona's right. Because she was, she was telling me about how when she first came to America, there's no air conditioning, right? Oh, yeah. And she, and she was like, she's like, I still remember. You can't tell me that. I forget what year she said. There was that year. Remember that like summer of Sam year? Right. They had like 78. It was like the hottest. Yeah. It was like in the, that's what she said in the seventies. And she goes, there was these, during that summer, there were whole weeks where we, all we had was one fan in the living room. So (laughs) the whole week, everybody slept next to the window in the living room. Wow. She goes, and she goes, the thing is you would remember that year, even 40, 50 years later. Right. Yes. The problem is nobody has those experiences now. So now we had one day this year that hit 100 degrees and everybody's freaking out. And people like Nona are like, no, no, no. I remember that summer in the 70s.